Hey, Whipsters. This is the Women in Pants podcast, helping you overcome your work history gaps. I'm your host, Shana Brager. This episode is an interview with Jennifer. Now, she has a story that is full of so many road bumps. We talk about her dealing with cancer and being a stay-at-home mom, as well as some relationship issues and a little bit of mental health. But she was able to overcome it all and has a business that she truly enjoys now. Have fun listening to this episode. Make sure to just subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates when new episodes air. And check out womeninpants.com to see what resources we have available for you. Now for the show. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so excited to talk about your story because I think there's so many fascinating elements that will really speak to a variety of our listeners. I agree. Why don't you tell us how you got your education and where? Like, what's your degree in and where did you get it from? Okay. So I have a triple master's um, and those are um, in, I have an MBA as well as um, in marketing. Those were both done through Kaplan University online. Um, And then they kind of threw in sociology with that because of all of the um, extra classes that I had taken, the credits went ahead and matched up. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in sociology with a minor in psychology, um, as well as accounting and economics. Now, before that, I earned an associate's degree in finance and in account and um, accounting. And then I have a handful of certifications like business computer automation. That is a ton of education. Like, I don't know if I've ever met someone with that many degrees. That is a ton of education. You could run a small city by yourself. Like, that's amazing. My very first educational experience after high school was at a training institute. And I was just going to school to get a certification in business computer automation. And basically, that's a very nice title for somebody who can do data entry, basically, at that point in time. We're talking clear back when everything was on DOS and Windows was, you know, barely existed and those sorts of things. And I couldn't find a job. I was working at a pizza place for minimum wage. At that time, that was four seventy five. you know, and you can't live off of that. And I had been, um, I had a fairly volatile relationship with my mother and um, growing up. And so... I'd actually been living on my own since I was 16 and paying, trying to pay rent. I was very blessed to have friends that um, were about the same age as my mom that rent me a room for very inexpensive. (laughs) At the time it felt expensive, but in hindsight, it was very inexpensive. Um, But I still couldn't make the bills And, you know, I've got car insurance and I was still in high school. And so once I had graduated, the first thing that I did was attempting to try to find a job that would pay more than $4.80, which is the five cent raise I earned over the three years I worked at the pizza place. (laughs) So I started working for a temp agency while I was finishing up school, my last two months of school. and. 
it was through that temp, that temp agency that they had sent me to do data entry for a title company. And so I'm sitting there one day, literally doing the most mind numbing data entry. And um, the escrow accountant that I was utilizing their office to do my work, um, complete breakdown. She was not balancing. She had couldn't find this amount of money. And it's a very, it was over a million dollars, um, which isn't a lot for a title company, but it is a lot of money. Um, and so these are the times of the old dot matrix printers, you know, with the white and green, right? Yes. Just the accordion stacks all around her and just having a really difficult time. So you know, I gave her a hug and I told her to go get some coffee and I sat down and I found all of it. It was in change over thousands and thousands of accounts. And I needed her to come back to let me out because I was just a temp and I couldn't key out of the building. <laughs> so I'm trapped in there. <laughs> and the next day I got called up into the office thinking I'm going to get fired, right? Because I'm there to do that. And, and here I have touched things that I know that I shouldn't have. Um, but I just, I couldn't let her just have this complete breakdown. I felt bad. Instead, they offered me the job. And at 19 years old, I was the youngest escrow accountant for the entire West Coast for Chicago title when they merged with Tycor. First off, that's amazing. And second off, what a great story of of, of how temp work can turn into permanent work. And in your case, it's such a unique twist because it wasn't temp work and data entry turned into a full-time and data entry. Right. It was you found a way to give value to this lady and her company. And so that made you marketable. I think that is w- such a great lesson for all of us to learn. The thing was, is it never once dawned on me that I wanted that job or that I would end up with that job or that this would benefit me in any kind of way at all. Actually, the thought that actually went over my mind is I could lose this job. And, but my outlook on it was, you know what, if I have to go back to the temp agency and say, I lost my job because I helped someone else who was in distress. If they fault me for that, I probably don't want to work for them. Take me to the time where um, you find out you have cancer and that you're pregnant all around the same time. What does that look like? Okay. So I'm 20 years old and I had already been through two surgeries to try to help, um, with fertility and to, um, basically be able to conceive. And I thought that I had the flu. I had just started a new job and I was heading up the accounting, um, section, payroll, that sort of thing for, a company that um, like puts on the Miss America pageants and stuff like that. Um, all the big shows that you see downtown and everything. Yeah. So um, that was, a, it was a really exciting, but I had literally just started as in my second week of work <laughs> and all of the independent contractors that come in and they do all the rigging and the setting up and everything else. Um, the ones that uh, make payroll. Oh, so fun. Um, anyway, they were all sick. And so after I wasn't feeling well. And so after work, I went to, you know, an after hours clinic to, cause I just figured I had the flu too. Right. 
So when the doctor came back and took the prescription out of my hand because it's you know mandatory to do a pregnancy test before giving medication um, and told me that I was pregnant, I, I actually hugged her so hard. I knocked her over in the <laughs> doctor's office. We're like laying on the floor and I'm screaming in her face, really? You're not joking. Um, so I, this was an elation that I can't explain. There's no way to be able to express this feeling. And, um, but I can dare to say every mother knows that feeling. Right. (laughs) And then, so I, I followed up a few days later uh, with, um, with an OB and, when those test results came back, literally over the phone, this woman told me, she said that, um, you know, we got the test results back of, you know, the PAP that we did. And um, you have stage three cervical cancer. And even though, you know, at that point I was, I was four weeks gestation. Um, she said, you don't have any option you need to come in and we need to start treatment. We need to get you with an oncologist to start treatment for the cancer. You're going to lose this child. I said, no. And she says, excuse me. And I said, no, I said, I will find a way. And I hung up on her. And, um, at the time, um, my, the man that my, my mom was married to his ex-wife, uh, she was a nurse. And so I called her and I explained to her what was going on after bawling to my mom. (laughs) Um, and we found a doctor that all the nurses use and he wasn't taking new patients, but he agreed to see me. And, um, he said, are you, are you willing to go through, like literally do every single thing that I tell you to do? And I said, I will do anything that you tell me to do. And I, she was born one week early and with, it was a very difficult delivery for me, but she was perfectly healthy and fine and great. And then 14 months later, I had my son. And, um, and so were you doing cancer treatments during the pregnancy or how did that even work? No. Um, I had made the decision, um, because it was, it had just gone from stage two to stage three. Um, so it was in the, the lower portion of the, the cervix, the distal portion. So because of that, um, we knew that we had time and it wasn't, showing it anywhere else. So we knew that it wasn't up in uterine or ovarian, which is obviously were exceptionally dangerous. Um, and so what the decision is, is that when you're pregnant, you can't do any of these treatments. Um, the good news is though, is in general, when you are pregnant, because you're not releasing so much of certain hormones and you're also not cycling tends to not aggravate it so much kind of like lay dormant or something um for me it didn't lay dormant but it just didn't accelerate as quickly as it would have been if I hadn't been pregnant now 
after I had my daughter, um, when she was about five, six weeks old, um, I did start treatment for cancer, um, which with cervical cancer, they, it's more, um, localized. So it's not chemo and radiation. They do things like what's called cryo or leak. Um, these are very uncomfortable things with very short acronyms. They're very misleading, (laughs) but I, I started there. Um, and I I always say my, my, my daughter is my miracle. My son is an act of God because there was 0% chance that I would be able to get pregnant again. There was, um, I was going through all of these treatments. This is four or five times a week of just all kinds of everything. And, um, I was also taking medications that should prevent being able to conceive It's kind of a side effect of the medication, but still, um, and I ended up pregnant with my son. Wow. Now I will tell you at first, that was a bit of a breakdown because I'm looking at my four and a half month old and going, I'm pregnant, (laughs) which (laughs) not sure I can do this again. Right. That was a little that, but then I immediately went back to the doctor. He freaked out also a little bit as far as the fact that <laughs> wait a minute. Um, but when we determined that this was going to be even more difficult to get through, um, but if I really wanted to do this and I would really take care of myself, follow everything that we would do this. And so the difference with him was that, um, at 11 weeks prior to my due date, I did go into labor with him. And so I spent three weeks in the hospital to stop the labor and then the rest at home on bed rest with a one year old. (laughs) And I'm assuming that your work history gap started somewhere in the middle of all this, right? Yes. Um, actually right after I had, um, I was about, I kept, even after I'd found out about the cancer, I still kept working. Um, so I found out about that in September and I worked until March, um, because there wasn't treatment. It was just taking it easy. And since my job was sitting down, I mean, I I didn't do a lot of walking around. There wasn't any strenuous activity. Um, so, and for me, it wasn't, a stressful job. So as long as it fell on these certain requirements, he was okay with that. Um, but once March had come around, I I had her in June. Um, once March had come around, things were starting to get a lot more stressful there. I was having a little bit harder time. And so, um, the decision, I, I made the decision to resign my position and, my employers knew, um, obviously not just about the pregnancy, but about the cancer also. Um, I was very open with them about that fact. And so I trained my replacement and then I didn't go back to work again, um, for almost, oh my goodness. I want to say five years. I think you have such a unique, um, story that it's going to resonate with a lot of people because I do know a lot of women that have the work history gaps do it because of children. I mean, flat out, that's probably the majority of the women is um, we have children and either 
out of necessity or out of need, we stay home and we take care of the children kind of thing. And then after a gap, want to get back into it. Or there's another group of women that like you have some kind of serious or chronic illness that prevents them from being able to work. And miraculously they get over it or they go through all the treatments and they do it what is necessary to be able to uh, re-enter the workforce. So I think it's just, you just have such a unique story of the combination of the two that it's just fabulous. So after this five-year work history gap, how do you even start to get back into it? How do you know what field you want to go back into? Because you did dabble in so many um, unique and, and different fields. How, what does that look like? Right. So when I had found out that I had cancer and when, and I was carrying my daughter, I, I, it was almost kind of an obsession. I wanted to understand what was happening, not just with my pregnancy, but with how the cancer could affect me and how it could, if could it affect her? I mean, am I making the right decision? And so I turned to finding any and every resource that I could to learn about anatomy and physiology, to learn about oncology, to learn about all of these things. And by the time all of this was said and done, when, and, you know, my kids were old enough to be able to, you know, that I was ready for them to go to preschool. Let's say that. Okay. I think they may have been ready before that, but I wasn't ready quite yet. I would still cry. You know, they'd go have a sleepover at, you know, Mimi and Papa's house. <laughs> but the thing was, is um, I actually, that's why I actually pursued a nursing degree was because I found not only so much knowledge, but I actually found it to be very fascinating, the human body to be so fascinating not just what was happening in the negative with the cancer, but in the fact of growing a human being. I mean, it's just amazing what the body can do. Yeah. And so I finished up um, the CNA portion. And at the time there was no CNA grade two. So I got what's called a CHT, um, which allowed me to do anything that would puncture the skin. So like give shots and that sort of thing. Um, and I went into the medical field. And so while I'm taking care of kids and by that time I was of course healed and cancer free and everything else. So, um, I'm, I'm taking care of my kids and I'm going to school and I'm working towards you know, now in, in the medical field at the time I was working at a, a long-term rehabilitation facility. Um, and then once I was able to earn my RN, I went into being a labor and delivery nurse so that I could be there. There's two things that I had always believed. You should never bring life into this world by yourself and you should never leave this world by yourself. And so I got the opportunity to assist in 121 births. Wow. And, um, but then my marriage had, it was obviously, like I said, it was becoming very unhealthy for both of us. We, like, we did not mesh well as husband and wife. We were okay as friends, but not so much. So when 
we separated and everything, I became a single parent. And you can't work 12-hour on-call shifts. Babies don't come between this time and this time that the daycare is open. Right. Babies come whenever they feel like it. Right. So um, it became very obvious to me very quickly that I was going to need to change careers and that this was not going to work for me anymore, especially being a single parent. So, um, I quickly, Jennifer, there's a, there's a couple things I want to say. You're an incredibly adaptable person. Like, I don't know if people have told you this. I'm sure they have, but you have to be incredibly adaptable to go through the different things you've gone through and just shift your perspective every time and make a new plan. I just think that is amazing. And two, when they make the movie about you, I really think that they <laughs> should call it like the hundred lives of Jennifer Nichols or something like that. Like, I feel like you've lived so many lives. You know, thank you for saying that. But honestly, I do have a very difficult time with change. The thing is, is that it is perspective. There are, I cannot think of anything in my life that has even remotely been easy or that you could, have one of those fake easy buttons, you know, from the, that'll commercial <laughs> that, I mean, that doesn't exist. What exists in life is a series of paths and every single path has a million walls. And it wasn't so much adaptability as it was the perception of, I don't have time for this wall. I have, you know, either this goal in the future or, you know, when I was younger and I, couldn't live at my parents' home anymore and I needed to have a place to live and I needed to be able to eat, you know, or I couldn't live in my car, you know, these kinds of things. It's the, I don't have time for this wall. So either I'm going to go around it or I'm just going to go through it because, and I'll just deal with it later. And it was more of a perspective of just not so much of looking at it as that I can just kind of adapt to whatever comes because that is actually difficult for me to do. Um, It's more just literally the fact of just taking a different stance instead of saying, I'm going to let this hold me back or sitting down and staring at this, this challenge in front of me and going, well, I don't know what to do and staying stuck. It's going, you know, I have no idea what's on the other side of this wall, but it's got to be better than this, muddy thing that I'm trapped in right now. And so, you know what, let's just find out. And if I don't like it, then you know what, I'll make a 90 degree turn and go find something else. Cause I, I can't stay here. I love that. So is it during this time of discovering you're a single mom and needing to make a change again, career wise that you started Jay Nichols design? Actually, no. This is when I went back to school and earned all these degrees. Okay. Um, what happened was, is that if what I was finding is, is if I wanted to make enough money now, not just to support myself, but I have two kids. I have a five and six year old that I have to support on my own. I need a place to live. I need transportation. I need to clothe and feed. And I have to do this. I need a job that's going to be able to pay more if I ever want to see my kids. And if anything is ever going to 
be there because you can't work three minimum wage jobs or else all of your money goes to daycare. Yeah. Let alone the fact you never get to see your kids. Yeah. So what I was finding was I needed a higher level of education if I wanted to go back into the accounting field. I had the background, but I didn't have the paper. Now, these degrees were earned fairly close together. I just kind of just ran through the gamut. It was like, I had, because I had the credits, it was with three more classes, this could turn into this. And so I went ahead and just did that. And that's why they're online schools is because it allowed me to do that while working a moderately paying job and also subbing at my kids' school to fill in the gap of my second job. Jane Nicholas Designs actually came about after. So in 2010, I met my now husband and, um, we actually knew each other in high school too, but had lost touch over time. And um, we were married in 2013. So he's very tech savvy. Um, I was proud of myself when I could program the time on VCRs that now don't even exist. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like I learned that skill when, you know, nobody had one anymore, but he was very tech savvy. And we literally got into an argument over something that was so ridiculously silly that I don't even remember what it was, but it was kind of something towards me of the fact that I, I couldn't do what he does. And I said, well, then I'll tell you what you run the finances and I'll do what you do. He says, do you even know what I do? And I said, you know what? No, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> so what I did was just, you know, when you get in one of those arguments where it's kind of like you have this thing that's been going for a while and then the toilet paper roll gets left empty and that just sends you nuclear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this was the proverbial toilet paper roll that sent me nuclear. And so in three weeks... I hit the internet, I Googled, I YouTubed, I watched it. anything that I could get my hands on. I Amazon primed anything that I could find book wise. And, um, I taught myself how to code. I taught myself how to design websites. I taught myself uh, graphic design software. I, I taught myself all of these things. And in, a three week period of time. Um, there was very little communication between him and I, cause I was still <laughs> upset about that proverbial toilet paper roll kind of idea. Um, and honestly, because he, he was struggling with trying to keep up with the finances because it was, that's just not his thing. And, uh, so I, I took the computer, actually the one I'm talking to you on right now. Um, uh, one that it's a Macintosh. It, it, it's one that I've never used before, but it is definitely the kind of computer you want to use for the kind of stuff that I do. Um, anyway, and I, uh, I went and sat in front of him and I had designed this logo and I built a web page, and, um, I called it J Nicholas designs and, uh, I used it off of a free domain. So, you know, and, uh, 
And I had put in there a few various things and I had coded this thing that made this little ball bounce when you were done. Anyway, and uh, he says, what am I looking at? And I said, I can do everything you can do. <laughs> I would. And so he just kind of looked at me, he goes, you do. Here's the finances, take it back. I don't want it anymore. Anyway, you know what, <laughs> I kind of actually like doing this though. And he said, so what's Jay Nicholas Designs? And I said, well, I guess it's me. Now, this was in 2017. So in, and that was in August. Now, I didn't really do anything with it. And then in November, the end of October, early November of 2017, uh, someone on Facebook that was like a friend of a friend or whatever had posted, um, I, I need to build a website, but I have no idea how to do this. I typed in the words, I know how to do that. And Jay Nicholas Designs was born. It became a business. That's amazing. Jennifer, that's amazing. That is such a great story of how perseverance and or being stubborn can really get you places in life. I love that. I love that when someone told you that you can't, you turned around and proved them that they were wrong. A couple things too for our listeners is that we really do live in a really great age era, whatever you want to call it, where you can Google and YouTube almost anything. Right. And if you have, uh, if you put your mind to it and you make the time for it, you really can learn things like that. That's just amazing, Jennifer. I really love that. So when... I was thinking about it because I do have this background in accounting and I have a, my MBA. And so understanding business models, um, finances, um, how to do financial planning, projections, those sorts of things. The, the words of, okay, now I'm actually a business kind of idea with that sinking in as the calendar rolled over to, you know, to 2018 was okay. I, I really need to figure out how to make this a business and, and what to do with this. Because in 2008 was the last time that I had actually worked outside of the home. I was doing some freelance writing on different websites and that sort of thing. But I had been out of the working community since 2008. I had developed an anxiety disorder that had almost nearly made me agoraphobic and I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't work. I couldn't earn money. And so I needed to do something to bring in an income and I was utilizing just work from home type ideas. Um, Now here I am getting ready to enter the workforce again in a field I'd never been in that I, I may have this list of degrees, but none of them are in, in this at all. And so I obviously couldn't get like an independent for another company. And so um, I, I was looking over this and as I was putting together packages and pricing and all of these ideas, one of the things that my husband said was, he said, Have, did you actually do any research to see how much people charge to do these things? And I said, I kind of looked at him and I said, of course I did. I mean, their numbers. I, of course I did. (laughs) I love numbers. So that's like the most comforting thing I do. Um, 
And he said, then why, why is your pricing set the way that it is? And I said, it's easy. I said, I just wanted to help somebody out with this new skill that I had learned. I said, if I make my prices where somebody has to pay a thousand dollars for a website, when what they want to do is they want to say they have a hobby or they really enjoy say crocheting. Okay. Like making little, you know, animals or socks, whatever it is. And they want to be able to earn some money off of that. That isn't garage sale or, Hey, do you want to buy this thing? Um, you know, having a website that they can use as e-commerce. So they're not paying just to post something in hopes that someone will buy it. Um, I said, if that person wants to do that, they're not going to have a thousand dollars in their pocket to have a website built. But I know that I can do this for $250, $300. And I mean, it kind of depends on what it is, but you know, I can, I can do this for this economical range. I can do payment arrangements. I can give discounts to, you know, mom owned businesses, nonprofit organizations. I can do these things and give people a chance because, you know, all I ever wanted was a chance. I wanted a chance to be able to live, to survive, to have food, to not sit there and beg the people to not shut off my electricity or my water, you know, to be able to, you know, have more than my pajamas to wear. And so it's all that these people want. They, anybody, you know, they just want to be able to go to bed at night and be able to fall asleep instead of laying there going, how am I going to do this? Or this is due tomorrow, or I've got to do this, or I've got to do that, or it's going to take me six years to get through this education. I don't have six years. Or I'd like to actually see my kids or my husband or my wife or whatever. I'd like to actually see my family instead of working three jobs or two jobs and always being gone. And to try to pay the insurance on the car and not even being able to bring in groceries. And Jennifer, I think you hit on a lot of the pain points that, you know, the women we're trying to serve definitely feel. Why don't you leave our listeners with your number one piece of advice? If you could go back to the girl who, you know, is, is wondering, can I do this? What would you say to her? So if I could go back, I would say, Take a deep breath and know that there is no wall you can't get through. That's beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.